Come on, make some noise, make some noise. Yeah. Y'all give it up for Haley. That's why we exist, so that people will meet Jesus and journey with him. And I know that water's cold, too. Woo! Oh, man, you can go ahead and take your seat. I want to pray for us right now. God, I thank you so much for the decision we got to see Haley make. That she stepped out. She made the decision. She said yes to you. We thank you for the people in Kenya who we got to see give their lives to you. Baptized in a dirty river, but it didn't matter because their sins were washed away. And so here we are today, ready to hear a word from you. And I pray, God, that you'll change some hearts and minds today. And I pray that there's a change of plans today. Some decisions are made that weren't planned on before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, have you heard the phrase, uh, it's not about what you know, but it's about who you know? It's, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And, and today I want to ask you if you know somebody, but, but first I want to find out what you know. Like, did you know that 11% of people are left-handed? 11%. Where's all my left-handed people at? Yeah. You are rare unicorns. Good job, y'all. Good job. 11% of people are left-handed. I said good job, like y'all did something. You were just <laughs> born that way, I guess. I don't know. Did you know that August has the highest percentage of births? August. The highest percentage of births. August, August birthdays? Yeah, come on. Don't. This, come on now, this, this should be more than that. This was on the internet. It was, it's true, right? <laughs> Did you know the average person falls asleep in seven minutes? Anybody envious of that? Me. Yeah. Did you know that a bear, a bear has 42 teeth? I, I mean, I thought a bear had at least 84 teeth, but it's only 42. So if it bites you, I mean, it's not that bad. Just 42 teeth. Did, did you know that lemons contain more sugar than strawberries? Did you know that 8% of people have an extra rib? It's true. The average person has 24 ribs, but 8% of people have 25. Did you know that 85% of plant life is found in the ocean? And did you know that Ralph Lauren's original name, I bet you didn't know this, Ralph Lauren's original name was Ralph Lifshitz. Ralph, no wonder he changed it, right? Because you're not going to wear a jacket or a shirt, Ralph Lifshitz on it. No, Ralph Lauren, so he changed his name. Did you know that rabbits actually prefer licorice. See, see, you thought they liked carrots. They actually like licorice. And so aren't you glad you came to church? Because you learned some stuff now, some critical information that you can use in your everyday life. Bears have 42 teeth. Some of y'all are excited about it. I like it. So, so maybe you didn't know some of those things, but I want to find out what it is you actually know. So, so, so I'm going to say something, and I want you to finish it, okay? Let, let, let's see what you know. In West Philadelphia... On the playground. Oh, you stopped. Okay, you, got, you know it though. So Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there it is. So it's good to know that I'm not that old, right? Or, or maybe I am. I, I don't know. Hey, hey, how about this? How many planets, I want to find out what you know. How many planets are in our solar system? <laughs> yeah, Team Pluto. Right, no, there's only eight. There's only eight. Because Pluto got kicked out back in the 90s, and I don't know... I don't know who had that job, like, hey, Pluto, like, call him in the, 
Pluto, I need to call you in today because uh, you're no longer a planet. Like, who, who decided that? I don't know. But there are 146 moons in our solar system. Eight planets, 146 moons. How about this? Uh, you just shout out the answer. Facebook's founder is Mark Zuckerberg. Right, exactly. How about this? Apple's founders are... Steve, the Steves, right? Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak. Amazon's founder is Jeff Bezos, right? America's founder is the Native Americans. Yeah, because they were here before anybody else. I don't care what the white man tells you. They're the founders of America. Here, how about this one? Finish this. M&M's melt in your mouth, not? Yeah. Skittles taste the? Give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah, some of you are on rhythm. Some of you, I don't know where you were. All right, there it is. How about this? Twix says two for me. Yeah, none for you. Nobody better lay a finger on my. Yeah, there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. Woo, okay, just a couple of you on that one. How many licks does it take to get the center of it? Yeah, what that tells me is you're all candy holics. Good job. Right, yeah. So now, how about this one? Uh, Walt Disney's first cartoon character was wrong. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Yeah. I know. I didn't even know that. I had to look that up. That, that was the Google answer right there. His first character, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. So, so you guys know some stuff. Like, like you guys know a lot of stuff. We, we know a bunch of stuff. But, but here's a question I want to ask you. How much of what you know changes you? How much of what you know has changed your life? Welcome to Journey at Christmas Eve. Man, I'm so pumped for today. Uh, we're, we're a brand new church that uh, meets here at Skatehouse on Sunday mornings. Today's Saturday, so we're doing Christmas Eve. But uh, we meet here every single Sunday, 9.45 to 10.45. I want to invite you to join us next year, January 8th, for our next service. We're not going to meet on New Year's Day because most of you, let's just face it, you're not going to be up by then. You're going to be recovering. Uh, that's okay. It is, you know. But... We're going to meet up again January 8th for a brand new series called Resolutions and Revolutions, where we're going to talk about this idea that we make resolutions in our life, ultimately because we want to see revolutions take place in our life, but so often we quit on our resolution before the revolution ever happens, and uh, so we're going to go through that series, and I really believe that if you show up next year, man, January 8th, mark it on your calendar, it's a Sunday, you can't get Chick-fil-A that day, but you show up, you're going to see some change take place in your life. But today we're concluding the series that we've been in called Share Christmas. And uh, this has been a three-week series. Today the, is the end of it. And uh, throughout this series, we've been looking at the, the birth story of Jesus through this song that you've no doubt heard. Uh, it, it's a song, Do You Hear What I Hear? And you've heard this song uh, anytime after Halloween when the malls start playing Christmas music in, in the malls or in the stores. You've heard it on your, on your car radio as you're driving. I don't know why we play Christmas music so early. Can we just play Christmas music after Thanksgiving? Is that? No. <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, Christmas music after Thanksgiving. Can you make some noise? Awesome. Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Can you make some noise? Oh my goodness, you psychos. Um, <laughs> of course you'd be louder because you got a cause to fight for. But, but there's a song, Do You Hear What I Hear? And I love this song because of the three questions that it asks. But this is a song that was written back in, the in, in, in 1962 uh, by Noel, Noel Ragney and Gloria Baker. And they were married at the time. 
And they wrote this song, Do You Hear What I Hear, as a plea for peace during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And in this song, they ask three questions. Do, do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? And do you know what I know? And over the past several weeks, we, we've asked those questions here. And if you've missed those, you can go back and listen to them on our podcast. But we've asked the question, do you see what I see? And we answered it. Do you hear what I hear? And we answered it. Today, I want to preach from this title, Do You Know What I Know? Do you know what I know? Because if you know what I know, it'll change you forever. And what I know is somebody. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And so do you know what I know? What we've been doing throughout this series is, is we've been going through this song, and then we've been reading through uh, the Christmas story as recorded by Luke. And so Luke was an, uh, a, a reporter and a doctor who went and interviewed eyewitnesses, got the facts on Jesus' life, and then he wrote this record of Jesus' life, and we have it in, in the scriptures. It's the book of Luke. And what he writes about is not a fairy tale, it's not some story, but it's about real historical events, people who saw it, who witnessed it, who were there and could testify to it. And so in Luke chapter 2, he begins to record what takes place about the birth of Jesus after interviewing some eyewitnesses, people who are actually there. And he says this, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. He says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And so he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, uh, they, there came a time... The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. A manger is essentially a feeding trough. Placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Throughout the series, we've been focusing on the shepherds. There's three main characters in the Christmas story. You got Jesus, of course, and then Mary, and then Joseph. But then there's the shepherds. And these are the characters we've been focusing on throughout this series. They, they, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. The word there is gospel. I bring you a gospel that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Do you see what I see? Which the Lord has told us about. Do you hear what I hear. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? which were just as they had been told. Because they heard something and they saw something, they now knew something that changed them forever. And here's what we just read. Jesus is born. 
And Jesus isn't just some baby, but Jesus is God in the flesh. The, the, the creator of the entire universe stepped down out of heaven, off of his throne. He put on flesh and was born in a manger, in a lowly place. And then the shepherds are given this announcement about the birth of this Savior. And to understand the importance of this, we need to understand uh, that 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was born, the people of Israel were looking forward to longing for the day when a Savior would be born. See, hundreds of years prior to that, there was this prophecy, and, and, and there were these utterings and, and rumors and whispers that a, a Savior would be born, that God would be born to, to rescue the world, to redeem the world, to make all things right again. And so for hundreds of years, the people of Israel were longing for this day. They can't wait for the Savior to be born, for the Messiah to be born, because of this prophecy and these prophecies that are going on. And then, out of nowhere, on a dark and starry night, an angel appears to shepherds and makes this announcement to them. Hey, you know the Savior? You know this Messiah? This one that you've been looking for, the chosen one? And I'm not talking about... Uh, the Lego movie or uh, the Matrix, not that chosen one, but I mean the chosen one you've been longing for, the Savior, the Redeemer of the world. God in the flesh is born this very night. It's an amazing announcement. But what's amazing to me is that the angel shows up to shepherds. Like for this announcement to be made. I mean, the people of Israel were longing for this for hundreds of years. They couldn't wait. They, they, they were constantly on the lookout waiting for this to happen. And if anything, it seems like the announcement should have been made to the emperor of Rome, to the priest in the temple, to celebrities, to politicians, to people of importance. But instead, the angel shows up to shepherds, lowly shepherds. And we discovered in this series why God chose to announce this announcement to the shepherds. One is because they were keeping watch. I don't know if you noticed it back in the text, but it says that they were keeping watch over their flock. And so they were aware. They had their eyes open. They had their ears peeled, ready to see what was going on. So they were looking over their flock. They were listening to see, were there any predators coming for their flock? Were there any hurt sheep? And so they were aware. They were ready. Their radar was on high alert. And one of the things that we talked about throughout the series is that it's so easy for us to come and celebrate the season and miss the Savior because we're not keeping watch. Because the thing we're keeping watch on is the holidays. The thing we're keeping watch on is time with family. The thing we're keeping watch on is does everybody have enough presents? Is the Amazon delivery going to get here on time? These are the things that we often keep watch of. And because of that, we can celebrate the season. Oh, it was a great Christmas. But we miss the Savior. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. Celebrate them. But I wonder, are you keeping watch? Are your ears open to hear what God wants to say to you? Have you been so stressed and busy through the chaos of this season that you've just missed the Savior? Hey, you're here today. And my hope is that your ears would be open to hear what God wants to say to you. That your eyes would be ready to see what he wants to show you. And so the angel shows up to the shepherds because they're keeping watch. They're ready. They want to listen. They want to know. They're not too busy to hear the news. The, the, the second reason why the angel shows up to the shepherds is because the shepherds are God's target audience. See, in, in the scriptures, if we think about shepherds or have imagery of shepherds, we think of 
maybe uh, the, this, this, this person who's, who's kind and calm and he's petting a nice fluffy lamb and this is a shepherd. But, but back then, shepherds were seen as scoundrels. They were seen as cheats and liars and thieves. So shepherds, in the context, were the down and out in society. Shepherds were the outcasts. Shepherds were the lowly people. Shepherds were the ones who were looked down upon. And God shows up to shepherds because he says, that's who I came for. I didn't come for the perfect people who have it all together because the truth is, can I just give you a newsflash? None of us have it all together. I didn't come for the people who are really religious and get it right all the time because can I just tell you, none of us get it right all the time. God showed up to the shepherds to let us know, if I love them, I love you too. And so he shows up to the shepherds because they're his target audience to let us know that none of us None of us are too far from God's love for us. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you're doing now, you are not too far from God's love. But he calls you by name because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants you to discover the more that you are made for so that you can know that you know that you know that you know that you are loved. You are worthy. You are valuable. So he shows up to the shepherds. And I want to go back and take a look and see what the shepherds experience. See, the angel shows up to the shepherds and makes this announcement so they hear something. And then after they hear what they heard, they went to go see the Savior lying in the manger. So do you hear what I hear? They heard something. Then they went and saw what they heard about. And because they heard something and saw something, they now knew something. Do you know what I know? Look, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So they heard something, they saw something, the Savior, and now they knew something, that the redemption of the world was here, that they could be forgiven, and that all people could be forgiven. And then they go and share that good news with other people. See, back in the, in the Roman Empire, um, there were... People whose jobs it were, they, they were, they were called euangelistes. In English, the word is evangelists. And it was their job to go and spread news. It wasn't a religious thing. It was just they were newscasters. See, back then they didn't have uh, TV, radio. They didn't have TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or any of that stuff. And so news couldn't travel like it does today. So there were evangelists, evangelists, who it was their job to go and spread news to people. So they would hear about news and, and they would be told, go tell the rest of the empire that we won this battle in this certain area. And so the evangelists, the evangelists, would go and spread the good news of the battle that was won. And when they would go and spread the good news, they would spread the gospel of the battle that was won. That's what the word gospel means. It simply means good news. Gospel is not a religious word. And so the evangelists would spread the gospel of this battle that was won. The evangelists would be told that the emperor had a son. So go spread the gospel of the birth of this new son of the emperor. So the evangelists would go and they'd shout it out and they'd share the news and let people know the empire has a new son. The evangelists would spread the good news. What happens is these shepherds become evangelists. Not a religious thing. 
But they go and they share good news, a gospel, about a baby that's born. And this baby happens to be the savior of the world. So these shepherds, people looked down on them. People didn't think much of them. They turned into evangelists who, because they knew something now, they couldn't keep quiet about it, and they shared it with everybody. These were the first evangelists of the gospel of the birth of Jesus. And so they go and they share this good news with everybody. And what happens because they heard and they saw and they knew is that their life was forever changed. Before that, they weren't going and sharing this news with anybody. They weren't telling anybody about this. But now that they crashed into Jesus, they couldn't stop talking about it. Their life was forever changed. Why? Because they knew something they didn't know before. And the question I want to ask you this morning is, do you know what I know? And do you know what the shepherds knew? If not, I want to tell you, and I'm going to start from the beginning, because the beginning of the Christmas story doesn't begin in Luke chapter 2. It begins in the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. See, Genesis is the first book of the scriptures. Chapter 1 is the first chapter, and then verse 1 is the first verse. And so the beginning of the Christmas story begins all the way in the very beginning, Genesis 1-1, where it says this, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And so the Christmas story starts off, God creates the heavens and the earth, and it goes on to let us know that he speaks all things into existence. And then he comes to the pinnacle of his creative genius. He creates a man in his own image. On day six, he, he gets down on his hands and knees, and he molds the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathes his breath into his lungs, and the man became a living being. See, in this story of creation... God crafted humanity with purpose and meaning and love. There's another story that says that you're an accident. There's another story about our origins that says that you just kind of climbed or crawled or slithered out of a pool of primordial ooze. And because of that, you're, you're an accident. And there really is no meaning or purpose in life. And, and it really is survival of the fittest. So to hell with everybody else, you get yours, you do whatever you want to do. And, and that's a story that you can believe and you can live that out. This other story, though, in Genesis 1-1 says this, that you were created with purpose. You were created with dignity. You were created significant. You were created in the image of God. And you are significant. Not only are you significant, but the person next to you is significant. And the person across from you is significant. And because of that, we love ourselves and love others. You believe that other story? I can't help you love yourself. Because you're an accident. Do the best you can and look out for number one. But this story says you got purpose and meaning and significance. And so God creates Humanity with purpose, meaning, significance, and we are called good in Genesis. God looked at everything he created and he said it's good. And after God creates humanity, he says it is very good. You were created good. You are not a no good, dirty, rotten, low down sinner. No, you are good. That's where the beginning of the story begins. But then we see that sin enters the world. And sin is what Adam and Eve do when they choose to disobey God, to rebel against God. And, and you know exactly how this feels. You and I, I, I don't need to explain sin to you, but I'll explain sin to you. Sin is when we rebel against God. Sin is when we choose to go our own way instead of God's way. Sin is what happens 
um, just before we feel shame and regret when we hurt other people and when we hurt ourselves. Sin is everything we've done to, to, to bring on that shame and that regret and that guilt and that remorse. There are things in your life you look back on and you say, man, I wish I never did that. There are things that you've done in your life that you've done that have hurt yourself and have hurt other people and you wish, man, I wish I never did that before. That's sin. And because of sin, we get separated from God. And each and every one of us is guilty of sin. You, you already know that. You, you don't need me to tell you that. You, you don't need the Bible to tell you that. But just in case you do, the Bible tells us that. It's in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we get that. I get it. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. And then it goes on. It digs a little deeper. Verses 10 and 12 um, in Romans chapter 3 make it even more absolute. It says there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. So none of us are good now because of sin. Because at some point in our life, we've rebelled against God. We've said, God, I want to go my way instead of your way. And you and I, man, we do this all the time, don't we? God, I know your word says this about relationships, but I'm going to do relationships my own way because I think I know better. I know your word says this about finances, but I'm going to do this with my finances because I think I know better. I know your word says this is about identity, but I see myself this way because I think I know better. We do this all the time. God, I'm going to choose my way instead of yours. And because of that, we get separated from God. The, the scriptures goes on to say this. Um, that the wages of sin is death. A wage is something that we earn. Because of our sin, we deserve separation. And, and here's the deal. God is just, right? God is just, and we want God to be just. Proverbs eleven twenty one says, be sure of this, the wicked will not go unpunished. We want God to be just. Because when somebody hurts us, we want them to pay. When somebody conducts a mass shooting, we want justice for the families. When somebody robs from us, wrongs us, steals from us, we want them to pay. We want justice for them. We want them to get what they deserve. And God is a just God. We say, God, you get them. And we want God to be just. We just don't want God to be just with us. We want mercy then. But because God is a just God... He exercises his justice on us. And each and every one of us, we're guilty of sin. Man, we're not good enough. And what we deserve because of our sin is God's wrath, God's justice. And the punishment, the penalty for our sin because we said, God, I don't want anything to do with you, is God says, okay, you can have your own way. And that's separation from him. And that's what the scriptures explain. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. And death is separation. When somebody dies, their life is separated from their body. It's separation. When somebody dies, their breath is separated from their body. It's separation. The wages of our sin, what we earn, what we deserve, because we've said, God, I want to go my way instead of your way, is God says, have at it. And we're separated from him. But you and I were created to be in relationship with him. We were created good. We were created in his image. And so as his image bearers who are separated from him, we cannot live the life we long for because it's only found in him. 
So now we got a problem because we're guilty of sin, each and every one of us. And we've been separated from God. And God is just. And he punishes that sin with separation. Again, the choice that we make. And so there you go. Have a Merry Christmas. No, that's not it. That's not the end of the story. That would be a terrible story if it was. The amazing thing is the Christmas story doesn't end there. Look, there's more to it. Proverbs eleven twenty one. Be sure of this. The wicked will not go unpunished. But then it says, but those who are righteous will go free. Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then it says, and all who are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. The good news, the gospel news, the news that the shepherds knew is that a Savior has come. We were dead in our sins. We were separated from God, cast out from him. But Jesus was born. Jesus was born in the manger. The good news is we don't have to stay there because Jesus was born and he lived a perfect life, a life we can't live. And then he died the death we deserve. He went to the cross and because he lived a perfect life, he was able to take your sin and my my sin on himself on the cross and when Jesus was nailed there on the cross our sin was nailed with him and when Jesus died our sin died with him and the good news is that through faith in Jesus that he died for you on the cross believing that choosing to follow him and being baptized into him you can be redeemed you can be restored you can be set free your sin is gone and you don't have to live separated anymore this is the good news of Christmas. Because be sure of this, the wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free. The good news of Christmas is Jesus made you righteous through his sacrifice on the cross so you can be set free. Be sure of this, the wicked will not go unpunished. What justice is, is you deserve punishment. What grace is, is you get to go free. And grace is getting the opposite of what we deserve. Oh, I deserve punishment, but I get to go free, and that's grace. Grace, grace, grace is getting the opposite of what you deserve. Justice is getting exactly what you deserve. Grace is getting the opposite of what you deserve. And this is the good news of Christmas, that a Savior was born, that he lived a perfect life, a life we can't live. And he died the death we deserve. So that if we would believe in him. And because we believe in him, choose to follow him. It's not a head knowledge, it's a heart thing. It's a life thing. Because I believe in him and I choose to follow him, I make him the leader of my life and I'm baptized into him, I'm immersed into him. So my sins can be washed away so that God's spirit can come live inside of me. When I'm baptized into him, I'm declaring I'm making you the leader of my life, not just the savior of my soul. When I'm baptized into him, I clothe myself with Jesus. I become a brand new creation in Jesus. These are all the things that the scriptures explain happen in baptism. When I do that, then I'm completely set free. My chains are gone. So now, you know more than the shepherds knew. Now you know what I know. And that's the good news of Christmas. And the question I want to ask you 
is what will you do with what you now know? What will you do with what you now know? Luke 2.11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. For many of you, you've known this truth for a long time. You've been reminded of it year in and year out at Christmas. You hear the songs, you see the nativity scenes, you know the, the story, you know it, but I wonder, has what you've known changed you? Has it transformed your life? Has it shifted the way you live? Or is it just common knowledge to you? I wonder, have you ever made the decision to say yes to Jesus and be baptized into him? To say, I want to give you my life. And I want to live for you. It's not a religious thing. It's a life thing. I'm going to make you the leader of my life. Have you ever made that decision? Because you celebrated Christmas year in and year out. But if you haven't let Christmas change you, you celebrated the season and missed the Savior. Not today. I want to ask you, what decision do you need to make based on what you know? Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they haven't believed in? How can they believe in the one on whom they have not heard? Do you hear what I hear? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Those shepherds heard, saw, and knew, and they went out and they spread the word. And no doubt, many other people's lives were changed because of that. Today, you've sat in this sermon and you've heard the message of Christmas. And I got to ask you, have you made the decision to accept Jesus by believing, following, and being baptized into him? If not, today's the day to make that decision. The water's right here. And I know you didn't come today planning on getting baptized. You just came for a cute Christmas service and then to go on with the rest of your day. But what if years from now, today was the day you look back on and you said that was the day my life forever changed? Because I showed up to this church in a skating rink. Hey, if anybody ever told you two years ago that you were going to be at Christmas Eve in a skating rink, you'd laugh. Are you kidding me? But here you are, and the moment is now. If you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never been baptized in him, and I'm not talking about you got baptized as a baby. I'm talking about have you made the decision? I'm not talking about when you were six years old, you got baptized in front of the church because everybody else is doing it and your parents promised you ice cream. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about have you made the decision to be baptized into him? If not, today's the day. I know you weren't planning or preparing to get baptized today, but that's okay because we were planning and preparing for you. We got a change of clothes for you. We got towels for you. We got shorts, shirts, underwear, for real. We got it all. We came prepared so that nothing would stand in your way for making the decision today. And I'm going to give you a chance to make that decision in a moment by asking you to stand. Right now, right now, even in that, your heart skipped a beat. Somebody, your heart skipped a beat. Your adrenaline's racing. You're like, is he talking about me? I'm talking about you. You're talking to yourself out. I'm not going to do it. No, no. I just, I got, I got, it's cold outside. I got too many plans today. I got, don't talk yourself out of this. It, look, look, whatever you feel, whatever, whatever it is right now, 
That's, that's God talking at you. You've heard the message. You know what you need to know. The question is, will you say yes to him? In a moment, I'm going to count down. Three, two, one. When I hit one, I'm going to say stand. If that's you, you stand. You stand. And we got some people in blue hoodies at the back who, after you stand, we're going to ask you to go see them. And they're going to take you to get change. You're going to be able to come right down here and be baptized. And everybody in this room is going to go crazy for that decision. I might be embarrassed. No, the people in this room would love nothing more than to celebrate that decision with you. Today's the day. Well, my family's not here. I want them to see it. Hey, no problem. We got $6,000 cameras here that are going to be recording this. We got a professional photographer who's going to be taking photos so that you can send this to your family. We've thought of everything. There's no excuse, no obstacle that stands in your way. If today is the day that you need to say yes to Jesus, I want to invite you to stand when I ask you to stand. But I need you to understand this. Acts 17, 26. For one man, from one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us today. Can I just let you know that God is not far from you today? You may feel far from him, but he's not far from you. He's here now in this moment. You didn't show up here by coincidence, but it was a God-appointed moment for you to be here today. And now is the time. God here, you here, calling you, urging you, please make the decision. Say yes. If you're ready to say, God, I believe that you died for me on the cross. You rose again from the dead, and I want to make you the leader of my life. I want to be baptized into you. I'm going to give you a chance to stand. It's about to come up. I don't know. Maybe nobody stands. Maybe this whole room stands. Who knows? But I want to give you an opportunity here and now. This is your moment as I count down. Three, two, one. If that's you, would you stand to your feet right now? Come on. It's not too late. Somebody. Oh, you're at war. I know it. All right. I wanted to give you an opportunity. Like I said, I didn't know if anybody was going to stand. You proved me right. But it's all good. But if you've never made that decision, maybe standing isn't your thing then. And you need to talk to somebody and you still got some questions before you go all in. Hey, we'd love to talk to you about that. We'd love to give you an opportunity to have your questions answered. We'd love to get you ready to make that decision. If that's you, we have a connect form that you can fill out through our app. There's a box that says, I want to be baptized, or I got questions about baptism. You can also stop by and talk to anybody in these blue hoodie hoodies and ask them about that decision. We're about to sing a couple songs. And after we sing these songs, as we sing these songs, maybe you say, you know what, I should have stood, but I didn't. As we sing these songs, everybody's going to stand. And you can make your way to the back, unseen. Talk to somebody in a blue hoodie and say, I should have stood, but I'm ready to get baptized today. And we got you. We'll help you out. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for your love and grace and mercy. God, you are so good. And I thank you so much for being born of a virgin. 
for dying so that we could live. Thank you for this Christmas story we get to celebrate every year. Ah, but we want it to be more than just a story. We want it to be the catalyst that transforms our life. And we want to live fully for you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.